Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. It is a pleasure to have you with us here this morning for another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. Going to be a beautiful weekend after a couple of uh, stormy days. And man, did we get a lot of precipitation up to an inch, maybe even a little more than an inch in northern Utah, the northernmost part of Utah, in the Cache Valley and some of those areas. I shared a, a video on my Facebook from uh, Snow Basin where they uh, were showing quite a bit of snow actually falling on the resort there uh, on Thursday, moving into uh, Friday, and then more rain on Friday. But uh, this weekend looks spectacular, and it does look like it's going to be dry for the rest of the week, which makes it a perfect time to be headed out and uh, have the opportunity to take in some of the changing colors. Speaking of that, on the program this morning, Roger Eggett will join us to wrap up the show just before 8 o'clock. I uh, saw some videos on, on his social media of the changing of the guard, so to speak, as we head into the uh, fall season here up and around the area of uh, the cabins at Bear River Lodge. He's been busy with tours up there this past week, which he'll tell us about. Navadovskis has been riding the bike, I think, up in uh, the Weber Canyon up around Morgan and uh, will report on some of the color there along with how this changing air is going to influence your chance to get out and do some fishing. And then we'll also check in with Bob and Mark. Oh, and the uh, waterfowl season is upon us. So Faith Jolly will join us at the beginning of the next hour. And we'll talk about what uh, the expectations are as far as the waterfowl season goes. And for those of you out there with, as Doug Miller used to say, mud in your blood, uh, we'll get you ready for the waterfowl season. Uh, we're lucky we actually caught up with this guy for one segment today because he's on his way to some other appointments today. But that is uh, Russ Smith from Sky Call. Good morning, sir. Good morning, ma'am. We got a busy show. We do. And the changing of these uh, seasons actually dovetails yeah. into what we were going to talk about with Sky Call because this is the time of year when you start to not really fold up camp because they can get phones from you anytime during the year, but you do start to look at your inventory and shut things down for the winter months. Yeah, we're, we're slowly moving through the inventory and pulling out phones that are still in good shape, very functional. Maybe they have a scratch on the screen or something, and we're getting ready to sell those used phones. And also the Garmin inReach trackers. We, we have moved into a couple of different new ones, and so... We have some stuff. Uh, people call me all year, but I can't let anything go until 
the season settles down. Yeah, which is a good sign for you. I've kind of lost track of what yeah. new phones cost these days. Has there been a big change in uh, the cost of phones since the last time we talked yeah. about it? You know, it's kind of a weird thing. It, it The phones keep getting better, but the price has not gone up tremendously. Um, there's two models of Iridium that we sell, and one runs at, at 1500 and the other runs at, at, at 1400 So actually, the thing that's been good for us is the cost of the uh, the iPhones because they're at about the same price as a satellite phone. Huh. And the iPhone, well, you're going to have to walk me through this again. I know we've had this conversation, oh. but I'm slow. How does the iPhone then um, take the place of a sat phone, or does it really? It doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm just comparison. Um, the iPhones run about twelve to 1400 Oh, I and- see what you're saying. Yeah, and and a sat phone isn't all that expensive anymore compared to an iPhone. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's all. I I just got a text from AT&T letting me know because uh, today, as we're recording this, the new iPhone 15 has come out, and they can save me $1,000 on the cost of the new phone if I can have, you know, the proper trade, uh, which I know my phone's got a little crack in the screen. They won't want it. But it's funny that now you can get a $1,000 discount on a phone. That used to be more than an iPhone would cost you for sure. Right, right. And that's that's changed a lot. And, and, you know, it's due to how much we use these phones. I mean, we couldn't live unless we have a phone in our hand. Yeah. I've got one of your phones actually in the the drawer. I need to bring up to yeah. you that was handed off by Bob Grove a few weeks ago. So I apologize. Right. So how much money would you be able to save? I know it varies depending on uh, the phone and how much use it has had. But how much money can you save off the cost of a new phone by buying one of these that's gently used? Oh, probably somewhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars. Oh, geez, than a new phone. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, good. And we'll, we'll provide a year's worth of warranty on the phone well um good reason to have everybody reach out and call you uh if they yeah. want to find out more that's 801-450-8317 or they can yeah. they can fall, uh, find you online of course is it just sky call satellite these days yeah sky call satellite or skycallcommunications.com both of them take you where you want to go okay um that kind of uh, moves us into the conversation I wanted to share with our listeners to start off this morning. It's a video that I posted on our Facebook page of uh, an encounter that some hikers up in, did I say Banff? It was Banff National Park uh, had some hikers that were out there. <laughs> they describe it as an intense experience where two grizzly bears, and it happened to be a mama and a cub, started following them up the trail. The audio is uh, pretty intense here. They use their cell phones, their uh, smartphones, to take the video and share it online, but maybe they could have used a sat phone to send for help. I don't know. Let's listen to part of this, and then we'll chat on the back end here. Coming this way. We were going on a hike around Constellation Lakes, and one of my guests noticed some rustling in the trees and then shouted out that they had spotted two big grizzly bears coming out of the bush. Oh, my God. It seems like it was um, one mum and one cub. Internally, I was quite nervous, but I also felt prepared. Keep walking. All right, guys, keep walking. They were following us for a good 15 to 20 minutes, and they ranged between 10 and 20 metres nearly the entire time. The baby one did do a few quick 
quick runs, which may have just been what we call a bluff charge. But from my training and everything, I know that is a normal thing. And the best thing to do is, of course, to stay calm. Keep walking, nice and slow. Knowledge-wise, I knew exactly what what I should be doing, um, but it is different than to put it into action. <laughs> We got to the, the constellation lake and we all kind of just watched in awe getting our, our breath back from what had just happened, which was um, pretty intense. And I gave them a lot more information on bears and about bear spray as well and how you should actually use it and carry it around the national park if you're ever hiking. So it was definitely a good learning process for everybody. <laughs> That's one way to put it—a learning process. Uh, she yeah. she was out of breath. You could tell as she was trying to stay calm for those that were hiking behind her, and some of them, by the way, uh, were not uh, you know uh, young, young spring chickens either. So the ability to run, which you don't want to do, wouldn't even have been possible anyway. But my goodness, uh, that always proves to be the case, doesn't it? That even your best training, yeah, you have to take a moment to remind yourself of in situations like that. It, right. it it runs us into a conversation that uh, Faith Jolly actually shared with me via uh, an email a couple of weeks ago that I didn't get a chance to share. And I thought I'd pick your brain a little bit, Russ, because uh, you've had experiences in training dogs in these situations. But it's one thing if you're going to be out there as a human, and we'll run through some of the um, you know things that you should do if you encounter, in this case, mountain goats another one of the big game animals that uh, is coming up with their rut season. And so the division's a little concerned that people may, A, uh, not concerned, they're going to find more opportunities to have some viewing, but B, they could get themselves in trouble. When you're taking dogs out in these situations, you always want to have them on a leash, don't you? Well, you do. Um, I think that maybe the only exception is somebody that has dogs on the farm that are already used to being around the animals, but, but it's, it's a split second. You'll never get a chance to reach down and grab the dog. When he, if a dog is, you know, curious and wants to run over to game or, or horses or whatever's in the way, um, you got to have them leashed. Uh, even no matter where I go, I, I start, start with them on leash until I'm comfortable with them off leash. Um, don't national parks. It's a mandatory law to have your dogs on leash. If you have a dog with you and a lot of trails are marked, no dogs. Yeah. So and, I and love w- dogs, but, uh, they, they, that adrenaline just hits them so fast when they see something. Yeah. And it's instinct for them. And, uh, as you it have is. pointed out, you still think this is how you lost one of your dogs. I think, uh, along the way, Right. was that Stella? Yeah, that was Stella. We believe got kicked by a moose, and it was it was a dark, dark night. She got the scent, and she went in to see what it was. Oh boy! And it, probably a very innocent situation. She got kicked by a moose, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. Uh, if for the humans that are going out there, and I'm thrilled that you're going to have more opportunities, hopefully, to see uh, the bighorns because it's very rare. I've only done it once in my life yeah. and it was because they were right along the roadway. I think you might've been in the car with me. Uh, seems like we were driving somewhere right. to meet Navi. Right, and, along, right along the Madison river. Yeah. Well, we were up, uh, West yeah. Yellowstone. Yeah. And, uh, so we got a great opportunity, but if you have the chance to do that, just a couple of things, first of all, give them plenty of space, uh, roughly a hundred feet, 150 feet or more. Hopefully, uh, you know, that's as close as you get. 
Um, if you see a mountain goat coming down the trail the way these bears were a minute ago, turn around and head back down the trail to a, avoid uh, you know getting in their way. Like other animals, mountain goats can be especially aggressive towards dogs. We already talked about that, and dogs can be aggressive towards yeah. them. Uh, mountain goats uh, begin approaching you when they do approach you. Uh, slowly back away. Give it some distance. If it starts to uh, approach, let me just uh, open this up a little bit. Uh, they say if it does start to uh, approach, wave your arms, make loud noises to try and scare it away. Unlike the situation with the bears, which they were trying to pretend they had no interest in even paying attention to and just kept walking. Uh, a couple of things for yeah. you to keep in mind. The rut, by the way, season four of the Mountain Goats is coming up in November, so we have a little time for that. All right, I'm glad we connected. Yeah. I want to give the number again to Sky Call. It's 801-450-8317 if you want to uh, find out more about some of the phones that are going to go yeah. up for sale here soon. All right, buddy, thanks. Uh, we'll check in next All week. Right. Hopefully you'll be in studio with me. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. All right. Uh, stay with us. News of the week is coming up here in just a minute. Navidoskis will join me next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. All right, it is uh, time for a little news of the week here. Navidomskis is uh, with us. We're going to get to some fish bites coming up here in the next half hour with Navi's help, so we look forward to that. I wondered, Navi, if uh, you had seen this story, and this kind of goes back to conversations we've had in the past when, you know, you start talking about doing something to boost the population of a species like round-tailed chub. People start scratching their heads as to why we're doing it, but uh, we talk often about these uh, community ponds that, you know, people get such enjoyment out of, including your family, and uh, it goes to a little pond in Moab where they're using it to build the population of round-tailed chub. They relocated a small population of them from the Dolores River to the old city park pond there in Moab, and at some point, they're going to be able to start redistributing uh, those uh, fish to other parts of the state. That's great. See, I'm all for it. I'm not saying I target round-tailed chub when I'm fishing. Yeah. But the implications are great. I mean, you know, the Endangered Species Act happened in, I think it was 73. And and it wasn't like, we need this, we need this, because we're not, like, playing God which species is savable and which one isn't. They all fit into a big system. And you really don't know as much as you think you know, human. And therefore, we want to hope that we're just going to keep everything as as well and as healthy as we can and hope for the best. And 
the round-tailed chub and other species that people don't really know are important to that ecosystem. What implications are they if they're removed? Well, we don't know, but it's generally a grave situation. We kind of regret not protecting them. So um, it's what we do, and it's it's great to know that they're there and we're doing our best to keep them all. And, if it, you know, like I say, it's not like we want to target them to fish, but we need them because they have an important part of the bigger picture. Well, and I thought it was cool that they're utilizing, you know, something like this Moab Community Pond uh, to actually act as a nursery to grow this population. That's awesome. It is. It's absolutely incredible, and it's great. You can go over there. I mean, it's that pond is right not, not too far, and you could just look and see these guys, which you probably will never see in the wild. Yeah. Speaking of looking and seeing, uh, next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, the 30th from 8 until noon, the uh, Fish Lake area is going to be the spot for kokanee salmon viewing. It'll happen right there on the boardwalk near the Fish Lake Lodge, and uh, anybody that wants to can go up there and see these uh, spawning kokanee swimming up Twin Creeks, which is a tributary there to Fish Lake. Also a great location to take pictures or uh, video clips of uh, this movement of nature. We were talking about that uh, for what happened last week, Navi, at uh, Strawberry up there. Yeah, it's one of those natural things, like, you know, nature things that you should observe. If you have an opportunity to get there, if you live in that region, you know, take the kids because uh, they're going to identify with it immediately. It's a beautiful thing. want to remind everybody, too, about something that's happening today as you listen to this on Saturday, and it is a National Hunting and Fishing Day, which we mentioned in our opening segment, and they're going to be celebrating at a couple of the shooting ranges, the Lee K. Public Shooting Range out there at 60th West and 21st South, and then up in the Cache Valley at the Public Shooting Range there, which is 2851 West, 200 North in Logan, uh, but you can actually go and uh, shoot for free. All you have to do is bring your Utah hunting, fishing, or combination license to the entrance of either of those places, either in paper form or electronic uh, form, whichever is easier for you. It's going to get you free admission to the rifle, handgun, and archery ranges on uh, today, uh, Saturday. You can also get up to five rounds of shooting at half price at the trap and skeet ranges on both facilities uh, today and tomorrow. And just a quote here, I actually wrote something up on this for kslnewsradio.com, but the uh, shooting programs coordinator, Gary Cook, says these are some of the best outdoor ranges in Utah where where uh, whether you are practicing for an upcoming hunt or you just want to have some fun shooting targets, take your family out there, and it's a way they see as giving back to you know the hunters and the fishermen out there that contribute so much during the season uh, to uh, conservation here in the state of Utah. It's always a good thing. I agree. agree 100%. Fall is a special time, especially if you're an outdoor enthusiast. It's, you know, when we uh, hunt and when we fish. We're going to be talking fish bites coming up here. You have uh, a clue. Can you give us a little hint on what's going to be on the docket? Well, it has everything to do with the temperatures right now. Ah, and as a matter of fact, Roger Egg is going to be checking in with us. I saw his social media. They got snow at the cabins at Bear River Lodge. Oh, and snow also at Snow Basin, which I'm sure you saw. Yes. Navi, so uh, <laughs> the season is here. And uh, today, as this airs on Saturday, is officially the first day of fall. So there you go. We'll take a break. We've got a news update on the half hour. And uh, Navi will be back with Fish Bites for you coming up before we sneak into uh, the 6 or 7 o'clock hour here on KSL. Stay with us.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.